0: Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the Panel Scanners. This is our What You're Looking Forward To episode for 2024 Part 2. We've already delivered our uh, 10 through 6 of our favorite things that we're looking forward to in 2024. Getting into the top 5. Getting into the top 5. You guys ready? What do you say? You ready to go here? <laughs> all right, All right. All right. All right. Um, Phil, I think it's you. And there was Phil. great rejoicing. And there was great rejoicing. Uh, So...
1: My number five is something that uh, I've really just been missing and I'm really hopeful happens. Um, and that would be the revitalization of our live free comic book day recording. Um, I know that there were some conflicts last year. Our our local uh, shop, Carolyn John's, did not do a midnight release, which is when we normally record. Uh, we'll see if that comes back this year. And if it is, that's one of the things that I love doing is it gives us a chance to be around our people and just have a good time and talk comic books for an incredibly long stretch. And I, I, it's felt kind of weird not doing it the last, what, three years?
0: We did the one in the afternoon the one year. But yeah, it's that event we haven't done in a while. And those are crazy fun.
1: Yeah, it's a great time. And, and it's just something that as soon as this list came in, for some reason that popped into my head this year. And Maybe because I was like looking at like the free comic books that are coming out this year because they've started to announce them already. And there's some cool stuff that's coming down the pipeline. And free comic book day is always so much fun. And that's just such a cool added layer.
2: So, yeah, you guys are set up inside bar originally, weren't you? Right outside of it. Oh, right outside
0: of it. Oh, okay. And the makeshift bar, not that uh, the one that's right down the street, the red circle or whatever it is. But yeah, we're right there. Oh, super fun
1: oh it was such a good time and and hopefully we can get that going again this year maybe uh get gary and drag matt out of the gutter and bring him in to be a part of it uh mark we'd have to like buy plane tickets and i just don't see that happening so
2: uh, um, you know, you get like spirit you can get him on here for like 80 bucks one way that's not bad Some
1: but... reason i do not see marketing on a spirit flight well
0: you know the funny <laughs> thing is he uh he said at one point he'd be happy to fly in for that, but that was pre-kid, so I don't believe that that is still the case. We'd oh, love so to have gonna be, you, though.
2: He's going to be itching to come here. Oh, maybe you're
0: right. Maybe you're right. I, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, it would be fun.
2: <laughs> so I will walk.
0: Gary? <laughs> All right, that's my
2: number five. Gary, what do you got for number five? Well, my uh, number five, and this is one of those New Year, New Me type things, but uh, organizing my nerd room. Um, Back in October, I started working from home, And I moved all my work stuff into my little sanctuary room here. And in order to make room for the double monitors and the laptop and everything else, I pretty much had to strip down all of my desks, most of my shelves, and everything is just stacked up in boxes right now. Well, I couldn't take it because, again, this is where I go to get away from work. So I ended up taking all that stuff, moving it out to a different desk in a different room. And I'm kind of forced right now to... Organize this place you know, kind of the way that I really want it. So I really don't have much choice because everything's just boxed up and stacked in a corner right now. So looking forward to this year of getting my stuff into its uh proper means of display, I get. That is my number five. Organizing my nerd stuff.
0: Alright, my number five was on Phil's ten through six. It's Doctor Who. Um, Woo. I love this show back in the aughts. Love, love, loved it. It was a mythology that I was tacitly aware of as a child, but I kind of mostly ignored it growing up. I kind of remember as a kid being creeped out by some of what I saw from what is now known as the classic series. Doctor Who, following nearly 20 years of silence, reemerged back in 2005 and I caught on a few years later as it became a darling of early social media posts. I, was, uh, I jumped on Twitter really, really early, you guys. To tell you how early I jumped on Twitter, my name was Darren on Twitter when I first joined. Um, and it was because I had a crush on Veronica Belmont, and she told me I should do it. Long story. Um, and I actually used Twitter to decide between, am I going to watch revivals of Doctor Who or Battlestar Galactica? The Doctor won out, and I still haven't watched Battlestar Galactica. That was like 15 years ago. But as time went on, and I think, Phil, you'll agree... The originality of Doctor Who began to fade, one too many rabbit-out-of-the-hat gimmicky endings. I kind of moved on. But the 2023 Christmas specials, and Phil, I cannot wait for you to see these, reminded me of everything I loved about Doctor Who. Of course, it didn't hurt that David David Tennant returned as the 10th or 14th Doctor, however briefly, and the introduction of the 15th or 14th Doctor Boy, this is getting all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, isn't it? Anywho. See what I did there? Um, Nekuti Gatwa was very impressive in his debut as the Doctor, as were all aspects of the episode. I pretty much abandoned the series at the end of Matt Smith. who kind of wore me out. But the specials were enough for me to go back and start catching up with Peter Capaldi. I can't believe that was ten years ago. I've been gone that long. And Jodie Whittaker. In fact, Phil and I are planning our own Doctor Who special for later this year. And we intend on... uh, we're gonna we're gonna rank our favorite doctors, uh, as we do on this podcast, and I'm gonna make a point to try and go and experience at least a little bit from each one of them, so I can sort of make some sort of informed decision. That's gonna be a lot of fun, right, Phil? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's definitely
0: down the line. Yeah,
1: gotta get caught up. But until then, A Z. Phil, Alon-Z. man, I miss David Tennant. Ugh, I'm excited for those. All right, my number four. This is actually something that you mentioned in your uh, 10 through 6, Darren. And that is for me to learn more about the DC universe. I went down this weird rabbit hole um, thanks to Chip Zdarsky. I, man, what? Daredevil was my pick of the month forever with uh, six stuck picks Sayonara. And then Chips Zdarsky bowed out. And I was like, I'm not reading this. Man. Where is he? What is he writing right now? And I found out he'd been writing Batman for a while. And I was like you know, I can I can read Batman without really having to dive too deeply into uh DC. And then I found out some of my other favorite writers, like Simon Spurrier is writing The Flash. And I was like, well, Spurrier's kind of goofy. Let's go down that route. And then I was like, well, I'm really enjoying Batman, so I'm going to be doing all the Batman tie and stuff. And right when I started Batman, they happened to be doing a Gotham War, and it just as comic books do, it started to just compile and compile, and then I have been doing the weekly variant cover Carolyn John's release thing, and there's this really cool Beast Boy cover of him, um, of it changing from him to, like, a Beast Boy Starro, and I was like, well, that's cool, and it was the start of a Beast World series, so I'm just starting to learn more and getting more connected with people, really finding out how much of a piece of garbage Amanda Waller is, and I... <laughs> I, I, man, it, it's just, it's been, it's been cool to learn, and I, I was back and forth between this and uh, what Gary mentioned—the whole Energon. Um, Universe, more, yeah. You ever told me I was going to be reading Transformers and GI Joe? I would have looked at you like you're in a, a psychopath. But DC definitely pushed out. I'm learning more and more wonder woman has been fantastic too. I'll start following tom king like it's just it's wild uh, so yeah i'm doing the thing that i said i would never do and i'm reading both of the big two um it's a lot of comic books guys it's a lot of comic books but i am i'm loving it
2: gary number four my number four um looking forward to finally finishing horizon forbidden west um, I have gotten to a place where I was kind of stuck, and I was not able to advance. And it was a side questy type thing, and it's it just there it was a certain certain weapon I wanted to obtain, and I still haven't finished it. And then they released downloadable content available only on the PS5, and I was debating getting a PS5 and just starting over. On that, Uh, the PS5, however, looks like it's going to get pushed a little bit. So, um, I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons, you know, for a couple, like sit out with my son, you know, just work a couple levels on that, you know, but I haven't actually had the time to, not the time, but the desire to really just sit down for like five hours and play a video game. But it just bounces around in my head and I still haven't finished it. And I'm that close. So I'm, like, heading into that final confrontation there, and I, I just need to end it so I can make that, you know, clear decision If is it really worth to go get the whole new system just for the DLC. I, I just need that, that fire relit, you know? it's Because right now it's, it's just not there. I need to remind myself how awesome that really was. So... Looking forward to finishing Forbidden West. I thought Forbidden West was nowhere close to as good as Zero Dawn. Oh, I don't think it could be. I mean, that's Zero Dawn was a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, Dawn. and it was new. You hadn't experienced it before, and it and that's, um, it kind of that grabs you like coming out of nowhere, not expecting it. There's that's a powerful emotion to attach to something like I this. Uh, speaking of things that probably won't be nearly as good as their predecessor, my number four. It's Batman Caped Crusader, Its, it's DNA is Batman the Animated Series, you see where I'm going with that. So how could this fall anywhere other than in my top five, even still? I will always contend that Batman and truly all superheroes are best suited for the comic book page. However, Batman the Animated Series provides, what remains to this day, the best translation of any comic book character to a screen. And we don't normally deal with labeling something as the best, but this has become almost a consensus among those who travel in our ever-expanding pop culture bubble. We provided the template for so much that followed. I do not expect anything nearly as groundbreaking as Mark would say. To do so would be folly. But count me in for another round of noirish storytelling. Though, and I want to point this out, the Caped Crusader was a term that was primarily used... For the 1960s series. Uh, so it does harken back to Batman 66. At least a tad. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the exact tone will be. Hopefully we should get a first look soon. Back to you
1: Phil. Well yeah. Talking about things that are kind of coming back. Uh, and one of the reasons that I did the retro review. That I'm going to do here in a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to the return of the Ultimate Universe. To the Marvel um, titles. I mean, so far the there has been a um, ultimate book, and ultimate invasion. I have I did not read ultimate invasion, which I need to go back and do. Uh, the ultimate book was good, <clears throat> and the first issue of Ultimate Spider Man twenty twenty four dropped yesterday, and I have not had the chance to go and pick it up. So it's definitely hitting the ground running. I believe it is spider-man x-men black panther ultimates and i feel like there's one more that i'm forgetting uh so it should sound a bit familiar and if it can at all pick up that heat that that universe started at the beginning of it oh boy and i've heard the first issue with spider-man is fantastic who's writing it? so i'm i don't think bendis is back on it he might be I'm not sure. I'm not 100% certain, so I don't want to say. I can do a quick Google when I'm not talking, but um, it, it's just I, I'm so excited because Darren and I have spoken many times how much we appreciated the Ultimate Universe, um, and I'll talk a bit more on that here in a bit.
0: Yeah, I don't remember what episode I covered this in, and this is me covering for you, Phil, so you can look that up. Um, but I did a retroactive review of the first six issues of legends of the dark Knight, which was back in 1988, which was the first time that a Batman comic was separate from the main continuity. It was his own freestanding thing. And it started with Batman from the very first, like he was just becoming Batman. So, um, and I remember like the, they kind of started that. And then about 10 years later, you know, ultimate, the ultimate universe perfected that. Yeah. Ready for this? Yeah.
1: Jonathan Hickman.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: With with Marco Tschettero, oh, the guy who's doing Daredevil wow. on
2: art. I think I've heard of him. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. God. So uh, <laughs> there's my excitement, and uh, that's that's Spider Man. I think Hickman is on the main book
0: too. Well, Hickman was East of West, which I read forever, and
1: Jonathan Hickman is it's heavy, but yeah it's it's good stuff if you can get past the wordiness of it it's 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 good Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. ultimate universe specifically ultimate spider-man but i think i'm going to go all in find the ones that i don't like and bow out of those um but
2: i'm really excited to see the universe come back
0: oh that's cool uh that that's pretty neat yeah Mm -hmm. gary
2: all right mine's lame now
0: my number three
2: um okay then this one's I don't want to say sort of personal, but this is kind of just for me. And I'm going to have to kind of speak very vaguely and maybe in code. Um, for those of you who know, you will know. Uh, for those of you who don't, you don't. So my son is currently uh, five foot eight. He's 12 years old and in sixth grade. Uh, this year, or I'm sorry, yeah, later this year, um, around holiday time, he will be 13 years old, seventh grade. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, Santa and the elf on the shelf will be a thing of the past. My God. Um, our, we have a very mischievous elf in our house. Um, he's put a live mousetrap in my stocking in the past. Uh, he shaved half of my beard this year while I was sleeping. Um, and I'm kind of hoping that, uh, Evan kind of ages out. So um looking forward to that because I'm really out of ideas, man.
0: <laughs> well, you got almost a full year to come up with some more stuff, especially uh, when they say, I'm, I understand what it is, but I still want to do it.
2: Oh yeah. No, it, it was, it was great when it was new. And then we got to the point where like, Oh, that happened already. No, that happened already. That happened already. Like, and it, it had, to, it was just getting bigger and bigger and, the things that weren't just seemed lame in comparison to everything else he'd done already. Uh, I mean, we have a self-inflicted wound, you know, but we would big early, and Anyway, I'll have to make sure he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> so that's my number three. Uh, hopefully the elf on the shelf uh, gets reassigned to another child.
0: I don't want him. Did you see the Jason Momoa Saturday Night Live Elf on yes. sketch? Oh, my God. So funny. I'm, we, we're not going to talk any more about that one. Um, he looks at me while he's doing it. It's like he wants me, wants me to make me part of it. <laughs> uh, my, my, Sorry. We broke Gary. We finally broke Gary. Um, my number three is not, I'm going to say it's not as funny by, by far, but my number three is, is Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 3 could have easily been my number one. It truly is my number one, if not for the fact that there is lingering doubt that it will happen in 2024 due to the SAG After Strikes is the reason it's I had to kind of bump it down the list a couple of rungs. Um, I've kind of run out of superlatives to describe how wonderful this series is. I truly can't pick a favorite between Season 1 and Season 2. They've both been that good. Now here's a list of reasons why I feel this is required viewing for anyone who has ever considered uttering a live long and prosper. It doesn't take itself too seriously, setting it apart from Discovery and the first two seasons of Picard of the new Trek category that took themselves way too seriously and truly some of the classic movies and series that took themselves too seriously also. In fact, some of the best Trek parody is in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's accessible to anyone. Viewers are not burdened by needing the familiarity with the previous 60 years of Star Trek lore. Sure, you might miss an Easter egg or two, and the arrival of a classic character might not mean as much, but missing neither affects the story in any uh, any way, shape, or form. It is a classic television series in the truest sense. Each episode is self-contained. No worries about season-long story arcs. Curious about that musical episode? Go watch it. You don't need any backstory. They even did a classic to be continued for season 2's Cliffhanger, the only episode to date without an ending. The acting is top-notch. They all look like they're thrilled to be there. Each character is given an episode to add depth. Just as Star Trek began in 1966, it's a very diverse group reminding us all, we do work it out. We do strive to be better. It is a very optimistic view of humanity's future. And boy, oh boy, don't we need that right now? Further, with apologies to other captains, the conversation always seems to have been, who's best, William Shatner's Kirk or Patrick Stewart's Picard? There is a growing movement that Anson Mount's Pike is nearing the top. Now, I'm not one to say there will ever be anyone who will enter that conversation, But if anyone can, it's going to be Captain Pike. Keep in mind, he's only been in 15 of the 20 episodes, and this is not counting his episodes on Discovery. He's still building that resume, and he's already trying to enter that conversation. The visual effects are the best I have seen in years, and that includes any movie as well. Um, As someone who has not been impressed with special effects in many years and leans heavily against CGI... I still think CGI looks fake and less authentic than practical effects. I am blown away by somewhat of, of somewhat of, some of what I see on screen with strange new worlds. It's family friendly. It makes you think. In recent years, some of the Trek shows like Discovery and Picard have been untrek like with some extreme violence, even the use of profanity as multiple characters on both shows drop the F-bomb. Listen, I'm not trying to be anyone's moral compass, guys. I just can't, I can't even claim that word hasn't slipped off my tongue today, okay? Um, but I never would have thought twice about sitting my young son in front of a Star Trek show. It's just not what I expect from Star Trek, you know what I mean? Um, Strange New Worlds is a course correct after heavy criticism was levied against Discovery and Picard for just that reason, and it restores the pure fun aspect, and it's what I've come to expect from the best of Star Trek. There isn't a bad episode yet. I cannot wait. I sure hope we get some more in Season 3. I hope it happens before the end of the year, too. Phil?
1: My number two...
0: Man, we're already at number two.
1: Uh, My number two is the... Not officially, but officially announced Switch 2.
0: Oh. No.
1: No. Yeah, the follow up to Nintendo Switch, um, it's all but definitely going to happen in twenty twenty four. Likely, if it is like a normal Nintendo system, it'll launch with probably the next three D Mario Brothers game. Um, and the Switch itself was a surprise for me how great it was uh, after being able to easily ignore the Wii U. Uh, the idea of a theoretically more powerful and better Switch um, till. Be out there, hopefully backwards compatible and functional will be unbelievable to see. Um and first party Nintendo games are still like incredible. I there there have been so many good things that I played this year. Uh and I mean I thought I had shelved my Switch by but um Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, as well as Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Were shockingly great, uh, I still haven't circled back and done the Mario RPG remake. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's stuff there that I, I still want to play on the original Switch. And the only major, like, beef I have with the system is it, it's starting to chug a little bit. Um, If you, if you were one of the people that played Tears of the Kingdom, you know, it really slowed down. And obviously this could fix that. Um, and if they can figure out their little Joy-Con issue, that would be fantastic too. So, if we get a more powerful Switch with good controllers, the Switch 2 will likely get purchased pretty quickly. Uh, So, I'm looking forward to seeing all the announcements that are tied to it, all the um, reviews of it, and hopefully getting my dirty little mitts on it. So, my number two, Nintendo Switch 2, or
2: whatever it's going to end up being called, but the Switch 2. Gary... So the Switch 2 means that my PS5 is out the window. <laughs> Alright. Uh, my number two, and this is yet another one just for me, um, as of uh, Christmas Day this year, I now have two engaged daughters. Whoa. Um, I had one, and now I have two. So, I don't know if they have like immediate plans as far as like when this is going to happen, or but... I got two weddings somewhere coming down the pike that I'm going to have to shell out some funds for at some point. So I guess my uh, my number two is I cannot wait until these weddings are over <laughs> and done with or the bills are paid off or what. Anyway, looking forward to both of those. Those are those kind of things that you think about, you know, when, when your daughter's born, you know, her wedding day. And, well, for both of mine, they're somewhere on the horizon, so. Man. Number two, uh, both of my daughters' weddings. Not fun, but, you know, it's for me. So, <laughs> all right. Aaron, number two.
0: Well, I feel kind of a heel not picking those as my number two, but I'm not going to. And I think you'll understand right. why. Now, Phil, I will tell you guys. I I often like, and maybe it's a little bit selfish to see if you guys can guess my number one, and my number one is more of a personal selection. But my number two, I want to see if either one of you can guess it, and it is something I've had. It's been on my what you're looking forward to list almost every year for the past five years. Any he guesses here? And if you don't get it, you will slap yourself in the face when I tell you. Yeah, and, I'm trying to think. And what I actually think there true. might be an outside chance. That Phil has this as his number one. I don't think so. No. Okay.
1: Uh, it can't be finding Gossamer, right? Because we had talked about that.
0: No, it's not. I haven't. I, I, that's gonna be. That's coming, but not. That's not on my list. Superman video game. Mm, yeah. I am aware of no Superman video game coming. So okay, that, that that was
2: the what's under the tree thing. Okay, that's yeah. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: What, are you, what are you looking forward to? Um, I have no idea, man.
0: Are you ready for five years? Here it comes. Cobra Kai season six. Um. Um, I don't think I've written now. You should have got that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I think three years in a row was my number one. Um, I don't think I've written more about any one thing on this podcast since we began back in 2012. (laughs) It began all the way back in 2017, which does not sound like I should be saying way back in 2017, but that is where we are. Gentlemen, We heard the announcement of a continuation for the Karate Kid of what we now know is called a legacy series, a continuation of of what generally is a long dormant story with the original returning characters that made it popular. I recall reporting on it a bit sarcastically and we were all sort of making fun of it, Phil, Tim and myself, and probably musing that they'd finally kill the original movie after all of those years of poor sequels and ill-advised reboots that Karate Kid 2 is good, but the rest of them are terrible. I still remember seeing that first trailer. Do you remember this, Phil? It came out, and we were about to record it. I think it was the What You're Looking Forward to 2018, and we watched the trailer, and we were all kind of cringing and making fun of it, with Tim pointing out that it looks like Daniel is the villain. And we're all right. like, what is going on here? <laughs> Fast forward to the afternoon... Before Phil and I would go out to record uh, for Carolyn John's Free Comic Book Day, I think it was our first year, at the Mm -hmm. midnight release party that May, YouTube Red had put the first episode out for free, and I figured it would be a good talking point for that night's event if anyone else had seen it. And Phil, I remember a lot of people checked that out before they showed up. In short, that first episode was among the best first episodes I'd ever seen. I remember Phil and Tim... Having a, I remember texting you and Tim, Phil, and having a difficult, difficult time convincing you guys I wasn't being sarcastic. It was so good, and then I remember our old friend Dan at the midnight release party, who blew my. Dan, Dan you see, I, I miss Dan. Dan, I hope, I hope you're well, Dan. I hope you're well. I hope you're out there. I hope you're well, but he blew my mind when he says, "Don't you see what they're doing? Johnny is Miyagi," and I'm like. Oh my God! <laughs> I couldn't. I was completely flabbergasted. In fact, my gabber has never been that flasted. Um, what has followed in the remainder? What followed in the remainder of season one and the subsequent five years is pure, inexplicable, fun, incomparable, as I cannot think of anything to compare it with. Um, Phil, do you remember? Like you started watching the show, and then we got into season two. And we just sat here, there's one episode of us just going, How? Why? How is this this good? It doesn't make sense! Um, and, listen, the series is built on 80s cliches and movie cliches in their purest form. There are some surprising twists, but more often than not, you can see exactly where the show is going toward a well-worn cliché, but in the end, you wouldn't have it any other way And you thank him for the journey. Is it a good show? I don't know. Cobra Kai is a show that... And tell me if you agree with this, Phil. It's a show that if you explain it to the uninitiated, probably sounds like the dumbest thing they've ever heard. Yeah. Now, Mark and I are planning a pop-up episode sometime this year because he's watched all five seasons and we're saving his reactions to keep them organic. If he tells me that this is the worst show he's ever seen, I have no defense. I really don't. But oh my goodness, is it entertaining. Laugh out loud, facepalm entertaining. While we do know season six is the end of Cobra Kai, we know that there's going to be a continuation of some form. Last year, Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan announced that they are working on a Karate Kid project, a new movie. Now, I'm a huge fan of Jackie Chan, and I knew not to watch his 2010 remake of Karate Kid the same way I know not to touch a hot stove. And I've never seen that movie. Having said that, when they announced that... And here's what I don't get. They're announcing it's a Karate Kid movie. They're announcing it's a follow-up to the first movie, but it's not... But Cobra Kai is not referenced, and it doesn't. it's not in the same universe as Cobra Kai. Figure that one out. I sure can't. Um, but I wasn't aware, because I thought somehow... They were going to continue the Miyagi Daniel story, which was rumored that Jackie Chan, since he played Miyagi, is going to... But he didn't. In fact, he played... the, the It was completely different. He played a character called Mr. Han, and the kid wasn't Daniel. His name was Dre. Uh, also, the story took place in China. So there's no... I mean, I guess he's going to be Miyagi's brother or just a friend. I don't know. Who knows? But we're not going to get a recasting of Mr. Miyagi, which is I think a lot of people were breathing a sigh of relief. The movie is slated for a December release this year. Here I am thinking this is a stupid idea and silly, so the odds are it's probably going to be amazing. Uh, so that's <laughs> my number two.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, man, I need to get caught up on Cobra Kai. I think I'm a whole season behind. I don't think I watched five. Mm, I need to look into that. Anyway, uh, my number one, I don't. I doubt you guys will be able to guess
0: it. Number one. Well, I, I I know what it's not, and I and I'm gonna say it's no longer anything connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: No, no, I'm behind on that.
0: And it's pretty much circling the drain at this point, from what we can see. Um, Inevitable, inevitably, right? It, it, it was yeah. always this is always where it was gonna end up, Phil. There's nothing that takes nothing away from anything that came before it. You're number one, um, and I have to admit, I am completely out of it in terms of video game news. Is it it pop
2: culture related or like something more real world? Pop culture. (laughs) That's (laughs) fine. No, I got nothing.
1: So my number one is Final Fantasy 7. Dang it, I was going to say
0: Final Fantasy something. Son (laughs) of a monkey.
1: It's the um, second installment of the remake of Final Fantasy uh, 7. Just two. Yeah. <laughs> Is well, this the one where the no, cloud guy dies? Exactly. Because the Final Fantasy 7 remake was just Midgar for anybody who knows Final Fantasy 7. But they threw a twist in the storyline. So a lot of the big story moments could flow out differently. Um, One of the big things at the end of disc one, people are questioning if it's actually going to occur or not. Um, which is supposedly where, actually, this is where this game is supposed to end. Um, so I'm very excited to see where it is. Uh, the, the remake knocked my socks off. I was expecting nothing from it. Um, I was like, I've played Final Fantasy VII so many times, there's no way it could be as enjoyable, and it it seriously seriously surprised me plus it's one of the most beautiful games the fact that this thing comes out in less than two months and i'll be playing it in february and it's already pre-ordered and going to be pre-loaded on my playstation 5 i i'm just over the hill excited there are so many moments from this game that are going to be in from the original game that are going to be in this one that it's impossible not to be excited. It's making me feel like a little kid, and I cannot, cannot wait. Did you mean to
0: say that it made you feel like an old man because you said it's over the hill excited? So I think you're mixing your metaphors because then you say it makes me feel like a kid even though you're over the hill. No. Which is it, Phil? I don't get it. I'm lost now.
2: Oh, yeah? What's your question, Gary? Okay, so remember in the original Final Fantasy VII, that one where cloud disappears for a while
1: mm-hmm.
2: did you ever play final fantasy tactics
0: mm-hmm.
2: where cloud became a playable character and that's supposedly where he went when he disappeared so would there be that's any bad chance bad that bad they're bad going bad to redo bad tactics bad. because that is my favorite game of all time and i have not I, if you can wear those discs out i would have worn mine out
1: you are one of the five million people that want that thing remade and they keep saying that they're not going to do it i don't know
2: why But I don't know why. I cannot imagine what that would look like, like on like a real engine.
1: Like just, I like the pixel art for that game. It's perfect. God.
2: Yeah. No. I. I. I have played that thing through so many times. Yeah. That. That's one of those. If you're stuck on a desert island game, for me. Oh yeah, because you you can make it go on forever. Oh yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, my number one is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and that is soon
2: Gary. All right, my number one and this I guess this goes to show that I am a company man here. Um with our new format uh coming in for twenty twenty four. Um yeah, looking forward to doing our normal base episodes, you know, what happened, you know, while we were away and stick stuck by Nara and retro reviews and all that. Darren and I have been tossing around the idea of exploring graded items, getting your comics graded, graded cards. You know, that's kind of the thing that keeps me in this hobby. Um, And some of my plans for pop-up episodes are sort of a follow-me-along as I go through the process of getting said items graded.
0: We have very similar number ones.
2: Oh, okay. Keep going. Well, I will not. Uh, no. Well, not too much. Go. up oh, Episodes, and I, I, am curious because I don't know how it works, but I would like to uh, bring you all along with me, on my journey to uh, see the highs and lows and how this all turns out, because this is sort of my niche in all that we do here. Darren.
0: Okay. Number one. So, uh, your number one is a very heavy element of my number one. And I'm going to get there in a minute. Um, But my number one is I want to reconnect with movies. And it's been a long time. I haven't been in the movie theater. last time I went to the movie theater was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I found the whole experience not very enjoyable, which didn't actually have anything to do with the movie. Um, I realize now that going to the movies, everyone just sat there. On their phones the entire time. Everyone. You can see the glow of those phones all over the place. People were talking through the movie. And this is just accepted behavior apparently. Um, I talked to Mark about this. Who is still a movie goer. And he said, yeah, you never go to a, a, a midnight release. or You never go to a first weekend. You go to a matinee on the second weekend. And other reason we went is because Maria got me sneak preview tickets for uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So I actually saw it like three days before it came out. Um, the charm in going to movies is long since, bo- since gone. Uh, also, I considered taking my son to a matinee of the Mario movie when it was in theaters, and this would have been like 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It's going to cost $43. And I was shocked. That's insane. Um, So... I, Gary will know this, having grown up with me, that movies were a big, big deal. Not just to me, movies were a big deal in general. A much bigger deal than they are now. But, of course, there were no social media, video games. We're cool, but, I mean, when we would play Techno, all well, those games are like five minutes long, right? Right? We're done with them. We play them for an hour, ready for something else. It's cool to go to a movie. Movies were affordable. And, I don't know, they were important. Like Even like some low-level, mid-card movies coming out, you knew when the movies were coming out. You kind of had an idea. Of what we, I mean, they were fun to go to. It was it was a social event. And movies were a hot... People would talk about movies. I mean, can you guys name for me the movie line from any movie within the last 10 years that sort of hit the zeitgeist? Like, you're going to need a bigger boat or show me the money or may the force be with you. As, can you think of anything that's hit like that? I am Iron Man. No, that wasn't even ten years ago. That was, that was yeah. That that wasn't ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but you see my point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I and movie theaters back then they were like these cathedrals to me. All right, and I loved it. So, um, it's if movies feel authentic to the craft of making movies is completely different. Um, Matt suggested I watch the I um ILM documentary industrial light and magic documentary on disney plus which was basically about the formation of industrial light and magic which is the special effects company that cowboyed their way into the star wars special effects and how they had to invent all that stuff and it's just absolutely mind almost made me cry about how much i missed that and loved it and at some point i wanted to be a filmmaker i wanted to get into special effects and then of course you realize by the time i was going to college all that stuff was pretty much dying anyway um so what I'm going to do and it ties into what Gary was saying is I have started already crafting or not crafting uh, compiling lists of things that I'm going to be selling and virtually everything I own um, I'm going to sell it. There are some things that won't go. The last among the last that will go are the comics. Now I'm going to keep my Kenner Star Wars action figures because my son loves those things and they're not going anywhere, but everything else is fair game. Everything. And what I'm going to do, and I've already started, is I am turning my basement into a uh, a 1980s movie theater. Complete with concession stand and arcade. And I've already got the 75-inch the television. Because you guys have been in my basement. I can't really go that big. But I've already got a 75-inch television. And I'm talking, I'm going with the, the, the bunting and the painting. And I'm making the movie floor with the... It's the whole thing. I got this. I've been planning this for several months. I've started it now. And everything I sell is going toward funding the renovation of my basement, which I'm doing myself, to create this cathedral to the 1980s movie house. And that's how my basement's going to be. It's going to be one full half of my basement. And that's where I'm heading and that's what ties into Gary's because I'm gonna be starting to decide whether should I grade stuff and sell it or just sell it and let other people do it so Gary we're gonna take this journey together and we're gonna we're gonna put some episodes together and we're gonna see how this goes so that is my number one that's cool sticky floors i
2: all
0: yep I have some I'm just gonna drizzle maple syrup every couple days you know down there um I do have I'm some sure things dump popcorn I am making some concessions no pun intended I'm not gonna do like I, I found some old movie theater seats. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have some real comfy seats. Not those freaking thrones they had. Like, I felt uncomfortable. The seat was so big. Like, I went, with, I went with Tim to see Indiana Jones, and he was I felt like he was 20 yards away. And he was right next to me.
2: Oh, the <laughs> recliner seats? With yeah, the, yeah,
0: those things. I'm sorry. I don't know why. They creep me out.
2: All huh? right. Well, it's a bunch out. of strangers sitting
1: in the same thing, man. Like,
0: it's... Right. So, um, that's my number one, fellas. I'm excited oh, for it. I've already started. Right now, it's a complete and total mess. So if there's anything you've seen of mine that you want, you have first. You have the right of first refusal. Let's put it that way.
1: Right. Well, uh, maybe I'll go shopping. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Man, you both had, like, fairly personal things, and I'm like, video games. <laughs> oh,
0: my I already have my eye. On an arcade One Up NBA Jam Shaquille O'Neal edition for the arcade. Yeah, you, you, you find one of those four-player Ninja Turtle games, man. Oh, let me know. They I'll, have, I will chip in for that. Arcade One Up has one of those. That's on. That's on my short list.
2: That that game I will spend Evans College fun playing, man. That is. I, I
1: feel that, like, is, that is a good time. I Feel like the four-player One Up games are a little too tight.
0: Yeah, it does look like that. I will agree with you.
1: Yeah, um, so... But, I, I, mean, I mean, the odds five, that we're going
0: to get four people on that aren't very high, so... But I agree, you're probably right. In fact, I don't think it's a four-player. I think it's only a two-player.
1: Well, that's just... A, that's not Turtles, man. Yeah, no. but, I mean... And come on, Matt, Gary, you and I, we could do a run of some
0: Turtles. I'm sure my little boy will be all for it.
1: Oh, he yeah. keeps asking
0: me, is the arcade ready? I'm like, man, I haven't even cleared out the basement yet, CJ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well spiraling out of my number three let's move on to my retro review which is the original ultimate spider-man uh that launched in if you can believe it 2002
0: really i thought it was earlier than that
1: no it's 2002 wow um I was originally only going to read the first volume, and I spiraled hard and read the first four.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: So if you are somehow unaware as to what Ultimate Spider-Man is, um, they launched the Ultimate Universe in the early 2000s, which was basically like a retelling of some key superheroes and um, going down a different path with them. Specifically with The Ultimate Spider-Man, the first six to seven issues are actually a retelling of the first appearance of Spider-Man. Him getting bit by the spider, him wrestling, Uncle Ben getting killed, uh, him coming to terms with him having to accept responsibility for having the power. Um, so it, it, it was kind of like a retread. It was more long-winded, but it, it was a retread. And... I remember the first time I read it, I was like, okay, you know, the only thing I think that they did that I thought was kind of cool um, that was not originally told was that his father, Peter's father, prior to his death, had been working on an adhesive science experiment, basically, and that's how he was able to actually finish the formula and make his spider webs which I thought was a cool little addition so it actually made a little more sense how a teenage boy would have been able to accomplish making uh what he does um and he doesn't even do that until he has heightened senses from getting bitten by the spider. Uh so as as stated the first 6 7 issues are are just kind of a retread. Um one of the main differences is that the person that peter doesn't stop who robbed the wrestling um manager ends up coming to rob aunt may and uncle ben's house and uncle ben basically makes a comment that you probably have more money than me and he chuckles and he gets shot and killed that is like the main difference there um mary jane is presented as kind of a very attractive girl, but a Brainiac. Um, she's friends with Peter at the beginning, so she's already introduced. Uh, their relationship develops throughout. It's definitely starts more as a friendship, and then she's the first person that he tells that he's Spider-Man. Um, and that is his, like, push um, to continue to kind of stay out of the limelight with his secret identity to protect him and uh, her and Aunt May. Um, when Gwen is introduced, she's re- introduced as kind of like this rebel. She is new to their school. Um, she actually sees uh, a, a character that is an addition of Flash Thompson's friend Kong kick Peter Parker in the butt and knock him into his locker. And she pulls a knife on Kong and quickly gets pulled to the principal's office. Uh, her father is still the uh, police captain, uh, Captain Stacy. And there's a little bit of an um, issue with her family as well, where she ends up almost becoming like a ward of um, Aunt May down the line. But she finds that Aunt May and Peter are, like, a safe place for her. And Mary Jane has, like, a weird feeling about her. Uh, So the parts that I actually was able to reread, because some of that stuff occurs past the first four volumes. As stated, volume one, kind of your rehash. That's issues, like, one through six, seven. Volume two is your first introduction to Green Goblin. They were figuring out what was going on with Peter, thought that is. He was getting killed by the spider bite, which it looked like he was going to be. Um, And then they find out that it basically gives him powers. So Norman injects himself with the same thing that they had in the spider that bit Peter. And he turns himself into the Green Goblin. uh, Goes completely insane. Kills his own wife. Almost kills his son. Attacks the school. uh, Looking for Peter. And Harry is convinced that he's looking for him because he saw him kill His mom. It's a big mess. So he vanishes. Then there is uh, Kingpin, which is a cool street-level thing, and Peter really coming into terms with the fact that he's jumping into things before he really understands them, that he is still a kid, and he needs to start using his mind and not just his powers. Uh, This is his 1st running with Electro as well, because Electro was hired by Kingpin. Then we go back to Doc Ock, who was actually um, working as basically a spy in Norman Osborn's factory to figure out what he was doing with this secret formula. When Osborn turned himself into Green Goblin, uh, Octavius got injured. He became highly sensitive to light, and they uh, he got the arms the middle arms like welded to his body there was an opportunity to take them away from him and the government decided to leave them on government being the being shield um he of course loses part of his mind goes a little crazy you're seeing kind of a theme here with the villains right yeah
0: yeah, and goes
1: after norman um because he does remember that something is something is up not after norman sorry after uh it's not silvermane in ultimate universe i can't remember his name right now, but he uh, he goes after him, blames him for everything that he did, and ends up ultimately being on TV during this time. Craven the Hunter, who is like this like, reality star, has decided to do a stunt to hunt down uh, Spider-Man. Shows up to the fight with Octavius. Peter hits him in one punch and knocks him out (laughs) because he's just a normal person. So he's building these little enemies throughout. Uh, They end up taking out Octavius. He rips his arms off. Mary Jane sees him on TV doing it. It's the first time she's seen him as Spider-Man and kind of like freaks out. Uh, Norman Osborn comes back even though he was supposed to be dead. Threatens Peter. Tells him basically, I know you need to hang up your tights. I will kill Mary Jane. And your aunt if you don't do what i tell you to do peter freaks out meets nick fury nick fury is basically says we aren't supposed to know that he threatened you we kind of illegally tapped him so we have to wait until he actually does something bad before we can do anything and peter freaks out you know he's like 15 16 years old and um ends up trying to take on Norman on his own. Norman grabs Mary Jane, and that allows S.H.I.E.L.D. to help them him out. And it's a big fight. Ultimately, Harry takes on his own father and then passes out. And that's kind of where I stopped, um, just due to time. I, I'm going to actually continue to keep reading it, because it is just as good as I remember it being. Some of the stuff in Age is great. There's a cart... Carson Daly reference, uh, pretty early in there, um, and a couple other small things like that, um, but overall, it's, it, it is, it is exactly what I remember it being, a fresh taste as to what a teenage Peter Parker could have been, um, with, like, slightly more modern world going on around him. And it may be beneficial enough for me to at least read up until, spoiler, Peter Parker dies in the Ultimate Universe. thinking like, issue 110 or something like that. It's pretty it's, – it's, it's a bit of a stretch out, but that's where we get Miles. Um, and since Miles is our – is, like, basically an accepted Spider-Man. Like, if you say Spider-Man at this point, they're like, well, do you mean Miles or Peter? It's no longer, oh, my God, someone other than Peter is, is Spider-Man. Uh, so that I can kind of see what's going on in this new Ultimate Spider-Man because it looks like Peter is back. So regardless, uh, as, a, as far as retros go, I went into this unlike frequently where we go, oh man, there's a chance I'm going to hate this. I went in knowing that I was going to have a good time and I was not let down whatsoever. Bendis did something special with this series and it honestly was the only comic book I had read for a very long time. Um, I told Darren that actually when we started the podcast all those years ago, that the only thing I had read in recent memory was ultimate Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. And miles really was only about a year or so old at that point. Um, cause it was 2012. We started and yeah. he kind of comes in later. Um, where do you rank in your favorite Spider-Man artists, Mark Bagley?
1: I mean, he's up there. He's at least consistent. You can generally tell exactly what he's trying to do. Um, you can recognize... I think the one thing I did like about having Bagley doing the art for these early issues um, before he taps out, I think he taps out in the either... It's either the 60s or the 70s, someone else takes over. Um, but because it, it's this like cool thing where it's like a re showing of characters you already know, Bagley does a nice job of making the characters like you don't do the whole like squint of who is that supposed to be, like you, you know, you know, and Bagley does a good job of it, and he does some very good, expressive out of mask art i don't think his in-mask art is my favorite
0: okay um one 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 correction if you don't mind it started in september 2000 i think the volume you read volume one was probably published in 2002 and the reason i remember this and the only reason i I thought of this is because i remember this coming out right it was already it was pre 9-11 that this happened The, the ultimate universe came out because they address that in the series don't they
1: Mm, they haven't yet
0: Well I thought Okay maybe they didn't do it in the Ultimates but I know they certainly did it in Marvel Comics But uh, yeah it was September 2000 uh, when that, come, that came out And I remember The origin of him becoming Spider-Man He went Do you remember what issue specifically He gets bit by the spider Because one of the things I always recall That they've done a number of times Is that the The first issue, um, Amazing Fantasy, his origin story is told. It's like a, it's like nine or ten pages, right? Something like that. And I remember always thinking, like back then, boy, they've got a real opportunity here to develop this origin, like because there's so much room. So I know he's not, he's not Spider Man, like in the Spider Man costume. For
1: quite a while. No, he, well, it really not that long. He gets bit in the first issue.
0: Okay. Um, so maybe I'm wrong about that.
1: He gets the costume second issue because he's wrestling and the he doesn't make it himself. The wrestling manager makes a form because he says he looks like a dork in what he's wearing.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, and two, what is Gwen Stacy's role early on?
1: She's just someone that goes to school, and they, like, become, like... She almost forces herself on him as a friend.
0: Yeah, but doesn't she figure out who he is? Uh, I'm remembering that.
1: I'm, like I said, not within the first 20-some issues. Okay. She is not.
0: I'm trying to remember what it was. Because I remember when she arrives, and they had said that... Um, And I I think this was well, very well done. She arrives, and since they said this is a retelling, we're not really going to change anything. It's just a re... Development, there's always sort of a sense of dread around her because you know her fate already. And I remember them doing a very effective job of reminding you of, you know, uh, we're probably still going to bump this girl off, so don't get too comfortable.
1: Well, they they actually mess uh, with the reader quite a bit by yeah. uh, having basically a retelling of the scene. Everyone knows the scene of Gwen oh, Stacy's yeah. death. Where Green Goblin throws Mary Jane off the bridge. And he catches her the same way he catches Gwen in that issue. And they end the issue with him holding Mary Jane. Making you think that she was dead.
0: Yeah. uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean. That's one of those that. For me. Lost the time a little bit. Because it was something that. blazed so hot. and was so fresh. But I do think. To some degree, it was almost overshadowed a tiny bit by the Ultimates and the X-Men. I think, for me, when I was reading those, Spider-Man's shelf life, in terms of the length of where I thought it was still very, very good, was far longer. Um, where X-Men... I, it hit a wall, I think, somewhere around 20, 25. Yeah. And Ultimates was a little anymore. bit... In, Ultimates was a little more infrequent, wasn't it?
1: Well, I think... I. I personally really liked Spider Man and the Ultimates. The other ones, like I tried with X-Men. Oh, I, I did mean, because I'm such a big X-Men fan.
0: Yeah, it's
1: and there's a reason that they killed the Ultimate Universe.
0: Well, I that thing fell apart. And do you remember the first appearance what in when you see Nick Fury in this Ultimate Spider Man, what was his what did his appearance look like?
1: What do, you, what do you mean? He's, like, the way he actually looked? What or, did he look
0: like when he shows up in, in The Ultimate Spider-Man?
1: I mean, like, it's like a hologram, and then he's the, the Nick Fury that we
0: kind of know now, like the Sam Jackson. Okay, yeah, because I remember that, like, the rumors that Sam Jackson was going to be Nick Fury were years before he actually was, and it was because of this. Because yeah. they flat out wanted him, Nick Fury. And then and I remember in The Ultimate uh, X Men. He shows up. No, it was in the Ultimates, and it's it's Sam Jackson. It's absolutely one hundred percent him. And I mean, it's just. I mean, to me, that's he's he's Nick Fury. It always will be Nick Fury. Um, I think. Yeah, Gary. Moment, Gary's got
2: something. Yes, uh, Gary, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, now, obviously, I, I know you already read up to a certain point for this this review, but other than Miles, was there anything else that made it out of the ultimate universe into the the you know the ongoing marvel um reed once they richards, abandoned. reed richards is like the other big person. okay Gross. um and did they still continue with the whole like clone saga and all that stuff from the jackal you know, ben parker and or ben riley i'm sorry ben or riley did, was, did they not uh, get that far I, I,
1: there was jackal stuff if i remember correctly um, like I said, it's been a while, and that's why I wanted to reread them. Uh, And I will continue to read, and I can
2: verify for sure. But there was no Ben Riley. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't far. Wasn't sure how far time wise they went. If they got into the whole clone saga and all that crap. It's. It, I mean it. It splits. It's already
1: split from the the story you know. Right. At this point, like it, it's a different
2: thing at this point. I wasn't sure it would be a retelling if they just put the twist on all the existing stories or if they took it in a completely different direction. Some stuff's completely different. Some stuff's like retelling of stories. Okay, so if if you were interested in reading this, you're just not going to be reading the same thing over with... It's... Okay, so it is new. It's fresh, yeah. Okay,
1: Like I said, the first six issues are kind of like, I know this.
0: Right. Okay, so I wasn't
2: sure if that they continued on that path. Or well, I also just...
0: remember that this is before the movie, the first movie, and this is before right. they redid Spider-Man's origin on film four different times. So, you know, right. it, it, now it feels like, I swear to God, if they give me that origin one more time, I'm going to throw up. But back then, it had been probably, I don't know, who knows how long it had been back then. Um, right. So the new series that came out a couple of weeks ago, the Ultimate number 1. I mean. Oh, again. no, I guess it was a few weeks ago. It was a few yeah. weeks ago, yeah. Um, is it a continuation of where... Forgive me if you answered this already. I just want to be clear. Is it a continuation of where this left off back in 2011?
1: I still haven't had a chance to read it, so I'm not so sure, not and I'm trying sure. to stay okay. away from spoilers. All right. My understanding is that it's supposed to be a continuation. Like, somehow the universe returned, but I don't, I don't know how.
0: Now spoiler alert no. Spoiler alert! here peter dies miles takes over does peter come back at some point in the ultimate the original run no so i think it that answers dead. your question does it not that this is probably not a continuation unless but they are resurrecting to... peter
1: it, it's supposed to be and that's the weird thing is that peter is the front runner so i don't i don't know that's the thing i'm like really looking forward to reading it, it just life has been too much i'll get to it i'll let you know
0: Okay, Stupid I'm I mean, this is one of I, I, and I know if Tim Tim does listen um, to the podcast, and he was so enthusiastic about this back then. In fact, he 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 cited this as the reason he got back into comics, and he and I were trading some of the comics I was reading uh, with this, and he was winning because like Ultimate X Men, Ultimates, and Ultimate Spider Man for sure were just absolutely fantastic. It was some of the best. Um, I love Mark Bagley's art and, of course, our, our, our good buddy, Clevelander, My, Brian Michael Bendis, doing the, the, the Lord's work on this one. Um, yeah. I, I think this is what he was. Brian Michael Bendis was a known quantity back then, but I think this vaulted him into another stratosphere mm-hmm. and kind of got him skyrocketed him to the part where we know him today as one of the great creators over the past 20 years or so.
2: Right. right chronologically how does this fit up against the new 52
0: well this, this is, is way before way okay before. so this think, this, was, this wasn't one of them wasn't the answer i to think they other were new 52 uh, this ends <laughs> right before the new t- new 52 starts
1: no marvels marvels new 52 was marvel now
2: Okay, I wasn't sure if this was like their answer to it, or if like, hey, they did such a good job with this, we're going to try it, and then it. No. No, DC.
0: Well, and to be fair, DC had been doing things like this for a long time, where they had a bunch of titles. Superman had one that was separate, and they retold his origin. I mentioned earlier in the previous episode, um, Legends of the Dark Knight was sort of the first one to do that, where it was a non-continuity Batman, uh, where it was separate. So they had actually been doing this separately for years, just not nearly as effectively. Right. Um, so, but there wasn't a. But when they did New Fifty Two, for those who are uninitiated, um, that was a complete and total reboot of everything, and they didn't right. have just things that were. They decided to just reboot the whole the whole kit and caboodle, as opposed to just a couple of off offshoot story storytelling uh, avenues right. It was a good one, Phil.
1: Yeah, no, it was fun. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to jump back into it. Like I said, I'm not on retro for a while, so I'll probably get caught up on the rest of these. Um, But I need to read the new one because I don't think I can wait until I'm done. I just, I need to read it. Uh, So yeah, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, worth going back to. If you really are... If you feel that the beginning is dragging, I promise you it picks up. Well, it was fun. This is our, like, what, second episode of the new year at this point. But we will be back once again in two weeks uh, to do various things, honestly. I don't think we have anything completely set in stone yet, do
0: we? Well, we have... While we were away, which of course we know is our, and then Gary, you're on retro. Yeah,
2: I'm going to try to find Matt and drag him up to whatever rock he's been hiding under.
0: Yeah,
1: we should probably beat him up and take him in.
2: Make sure Mark hasn't uh, admitted himself already by this time. Right, little baby should be walking soon.
1: Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, it was fun as it always is, and I will see you both in a couple weeks. And for all of you out there listening, remember you can follow us on Instagram at Panelscanners. And
2: until next time, enjoy your comics.